2: Decibel Geek Podcasts have always taken a lot of pride in being a show that helps connect fans of hard rock and classic metal with new music coming out in the modern age. That's why we're so proud to have been able to announce that we've once again partnered up with our good friends over at Highball Music, and what we're doing is we're helping to promote the upcoming release of the brand new Every Mother's Nightmare album, Grind. So over the next month you'll be getting exclusive Every Mother's Nightmare releases via the various Decibel Geek media channels. Back on September 8th the video premiere for the single Push was released exclusively through Decibel Geek TV's YouTube channel. On September 22nd the Every Mother's Nightmare advanced album review will be available for reading on DecibelGeek.com. The grind album, It officially drops on October 6th, and we are very proud to be associated with every mother's nightmare, and we thank Highball Music for the opportunity to help get the word out to rock and rollers in 2017 that know that hard rock and classic metal will never die. Rock on.
3: The Decibel
0: Geek Podcast. Wow. With Chris Senzak and Aaron Camaro. That's amazing. I sound just like him.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it seems like you've been waiting forever, but the time has finally come. We don't come out on a certain day of the week, put down your phones, plug in your headphones, it's time for the Decibel Geek Podcast. My name is Aaron Camaro, joined as always by my good friend Chris Sinzak. This is going to be weird because you're going to sound good, <laughs> right. and then you're going to sound bad.
0: Well, some people would say I sound bad every week, but But, but yeah. this
2: week, we're definitely going to be able to tell the difference.
0: Yeah. last Well, last week, my voice was shot, which right. you know, led some people to say, well, your listeners will benefit. I think, I think somebody in present company even said that. But uh but no, I, yeah, you're it's gonna be a weird transition 'cause we're gonna I'm gonna sound like this on the intro and then a, it's gonna sound like a squeak when it right. gets to the because uh, we recorded it a week back.
2: So in just a little bit you'll be able to see just how much Chris Sinzak has progressed since the rockin' pod pneumonia is
0: grabbing a hold
2: of him. <laughs> rockin' pod
0: that sounds like a Paul Stanley intro. Uh-huh.
2: I got the Rock and Pod Expo Pneumonia. <laughs>
0: Yeah, for sure.
2: So this week we're gonna have some fun. We're getting back to basics. We're yep. we're still honoring our friends that helped us make the uh, Rock and Pot Expo happen. Yeah, we have a few more to do too, and we've got a few more to do. And you know what? Everybody that's come on the show and done this with us, nobody has let us down. Not we've at all. we've had great guests, you know, guys like Sonny Pooney, you yeah. know, was on. He did a great job.
0: That guy should and start a podcast.
2: He should start a podcast. You know who he should start a podcast with? <laughs> Who's that? Another guy that came on and did this with us and was amazing and everybody loved him. I'm not just saying that because he's sitting right here.
4: I'm talking about Stephen Michael. Man, you guys are inspiring podcasts all over the world. Way wow. to go, guys. Yeah.
0: Bastard children everywhere. Blame. Bastard Blame children.
4: Us. Although although uh, Cobras and Fires are the only ones that will own up to it.
5: <laughs>
0: that's true.
2: Well, you're here, so I has got to say and something.
4: Steven's part of his cool new podcast called Growing Up
0: Rock. and uh, Explain the concept real fast for people.
4: The concept of growing up rock is connecting that music from the late 70s, 80s, and 90s that we all love, hard rock and heavy metal music, to those stories that we had when we were growing up. So our first concert, the first time we heard that Van Halen 1 record, that first time we were out in the concert parking lot drinking our first beer and smoking a doobie. Yeah, I remember those days. The soundtrack to the first blowjob.
0: That was was last
4: week. The soundtrack to the first blowjob Nice That's right And
0: Sonny Pony's your co-host So it's, uh, it's pretty cool that uh, you guys got together to do that
4: what, Well, and the one other cool thing is that Sonny and I are about three or four years apart in, in difference And you start to realize just how much happened in music in those three or four years Yeah uh, It's crazy, crazy cool. That is cool. That's awesome, man.
0: And uh, so, yeah, is it just growinguprock.com?
4: It it is growinguprock. It's G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K.com. So come on and tell us your rock and roll story. Cool. Yeah, uh, check
0: out that website. We'll put the link in the show notes for this episode, too.
4: Yep, and you can follow us at growinguprock and like our Facebook page. Yeah, and while you're on Facebook, check out Decibel Geek Facebook page. Man, we got some cool stuff going
2: on in there. There's always awesome conversations. Breaking news this week was on there. Um, Just all kinds of cool stuff. We invite you guys to join in on the conversation on Facebook with our Decibel Geek podcast page. And here's something cool. A new option for you to show some love to us. We love to get loved on. We really do ask our wives, we love it. We also love it when you go on to Facebook and leave us a review. Yeah, normally we'd be talking about iTunes reviews right now and I'm trusting in Chris that we still have some banked up. We do. I don't but, have
0: to cry. But there's a lot of people that have like, I really want to review your show but iTunes is a real bitch. So this is this is Kind of a new way to leave a review. Right. And if you've done one on iTunes, do it on Facebook too.
2: Right. Yeah. Just like this one. Here's five stars because we still get the stars. That makes me feel good. They twinkle. They look good. I love them. I want to hug them and squeeze them. This one comes to us. Are we still talking about stars? I think so. (laughs) This one comes to us from our good friend Gino Ames. You guys know him. We love him. He's been around with us since the very beginning. His Mm. Facebook review goes a little something like this. A regular fan since the early days, and it has always been my favorite. I love the interviews, but why I come back is the hosts. Chris and Aaron's chemistry and friendship makes the show for me. Great topics, audio quality, consistency, high-five flying metal horns. That's high-five flying,
3: flying
2: metal metal horns.
5: That's, that's cool.
0: That is so Thank cool. Thank you, Gino. And Thanks, man. And Gino runs a really cool page on Facebook called The Riff of the Day. Which oh, yeah, yeah. That's it's basically super cool. different guitar players from all over the world that submit videos of them jamming on their guitar. It's really badass.
2: I like it. I like it a lot. It's good stuff. Cool.
0: And uh, so, as the, uh, you know, I, we agreed to have Steven on so he could promote his show, but the, the, the payment for that <laughs> is he
4: has to take the load off me this week and read Geeks of the Week. It's the guest Geeks of the Week. So if I mess up the names, you can contact uh, Chris Sinzak at uh, what's your email address? Uh, growing Up Rock. At- <laughs> <laughs> All right. Where's puny
0: at? GrowingupRock.com. Yeah. Here- Hollywood. Hollywood yeah. Puny. Yeah. Right.
4: Kenosha Puny. All right. Here we go. Geeks of the Week Kevin Williams, uh, Cr- Criticult. Oh, this is already starting bad. Sorry. <laughs> is that right or wrong? God, it's right enough. Me. It looks like it. Pretty cult. Sorry. Sonny Hollywood Poonie. Joey Haney. Our friend from Rock Strikes 10. Ages of Rock podcast. Drunken Lullabies. Kenneth Roy. Cool World. Brendan Dunn. Jeffrey Mendenhall. Greg Renoff, Mike Grabowski. Nate Atchinson. Ach- 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 Atchinson. Uh, Justin A6, The Riff of the Day, Geno Ames, The Pods and Sods Network, Matt Ashcraft, Andrew Jacobs, Todd Cunningham, Wayne Cross, David Glenn, Ian Wadley, Rockin' Ron Runyon, Eric Moore, Greg York, Adam Cox, Rob Webb, David Hope. God, how do you get through this? (laughs) Greg McGlone, Shane Aber, Aber, Ken Mills, Joe Royland, Sit and Spin with Joe, uh, Michael Burrell Joshua Toomey from the Talk To Me podcast, Rock Ray Osborne, Michael Wagner, nice. David Hudson, Michael Wagner, we yeah. love that guy. Yeah, <laughs> David Hudson, uh, Dan Chappett, Growing Up Rock podcast. I go, Who is good. that? Yeah, I heard that's pretty good myself. Sean Cullen, Lee Gersman, Gersman. Mark Alden, Taylor, Freeform Rock Podcast, Sean Franklin, Bobby Valentine, Army, Georgie... (laughs) Yep. I made that one up just to throw you. Georgie gore Grieve. Yeah. Thunder and Lightning, Ernesto Aguilar, Robin Bennett, Derek Novak, MDG Rock Photography, Shane Herbert again. Nice. Twice Why does that guy get too Oh I probably pronounced it Wrong twice The
2: first time So we quick put it back in there So you'd have to try it again
4: <laughs> This is crazy James Mc Mc something McElhenney McElhenney There you go Digital killed Focus on metal Pat Cardellano. Catalano Catalano and, and, the, and The the Mooger Fugger Everybody knows the Mooger Fugger. Heck Good yeah. Lord, man. That's crazy. That's crazy. Awesome. Those are all the people that loved last
2: week's episode. Our producer's panel live to digital from the and Pod Expo 2017. Chris Sinzak over here. He's already talking about 2018. Just to let you guys know.
0: It's going to happen.
2: And we've been hanging out with Stephen for over an hour already, so we've recorded some really sweet VIP. We got Chris to vent on the things that made him angry at the Rock and Pod Expo, wow. <laughs> the only way to hear it—all lies—is to become a VIP.
0: I like how you're trying to Temp- sell it, though.
3: Temptation.
0: It was great dirt. Yeah. I was here. And some Vinny Vincent talk, too. And
2: some Vinny Vincent talk. And as always, we tell the VIPs what goes on VIP stays, stays on VIP. You guys know that. So if you don't know that, Patreon. And, you, and you think you can become a one of our secret squirrels, one of our, our rock and rollers that <laughs> we, we, we let be VIPs. you not going to get any
0: VIPs, you know? VIPs calling them squirrels.
5: <laughs> <laughs> ah, squirrels. You know,
2: got ah. to be my secret squirrel. Don't tell nobody. But you can become a VIP. Just check out patreon.com, become a part of that. A lot of fun. We mentioned his name during Geeks of the Week. Our good friend David Hudson joins us this week as we talk about something that we all know we've been talking about for a long time. What is a podcast? I tell people it's an internet radio show. But wait, do we really want to be associated with radio? No, because radio sucks. All right, so we're going to have some real fun this week. It's been a little while since we've got back to do a Radio Sucks Radio show and, you know, we just are coming out of the Rock and Pod Expo. And one of our great friends that helped us out make that happen came to town and visited us, contributed and is doing a Radio Sucks Radio show with us today. David Hudson from the Video Digital Killed the Video Star. Is that right? No, Digital Killed the Radio Star?
1: Is that? Yeah, Digital Killed the Radio Star.
2: See, I'm glad we're able to influence other podcasts into picking difficult names. Yeah. If that's one thing. (laughs) Well, Decibel Geek picked a name that nobody can say, right?
1: Well, my wife came up with that name, so I'll have to uh, give her the credit for it. But yeah, uh, there are times when I tell people the name of the podcast and I mess it up as well. So you're not alone.
0: (laughs) And how long have you been doing that show?
1: We just recorded episode 25 uh, last night. Uh, It's me and my friend Chris, and we're just... uh, Two music nerds, and basically we've been doing a podcast for about 25 years. We just haven't uh, ever recorded one. Right. Um, You know, just our conversations with one another. And uh, I started listening to you guys years ago, I think with the Karabi episode and um, the number of rock podcasts I listen to now. You know, it's probably 15 or 20. And I just said one day, hey, let's give it a shot. You know, it, it can't hurt to try it. Right. So we enjoy doing it. Uh, if people listen to it, that's great. And uh, But we just enjoy doing it and have fun doing it. We're kind of all over the map, uh, whereas you guys are mainly hard rock and metal. We cover a lot of that as well, but we also cover bands like R.E.M., Wilco., Uh, we'll even throw in some Johnny cash. So we're just kind of all over the place.
2: Right on. That's cool. And that's what I always tell people. The most important thing is, is have fun with it for yourself, you know, and if you're having a good time with it, other people are going to come across it and hear it and be able to tell you you're enjoying it. You're real about it. And they'll appreciate that. And pretty soon you'll be up to almost 300 episodes and you'll be like, holy moly, I can't believe we've been doing this so long.
1: Maybe I'll be putting on a podcast expo for myself in five or six years. Nice. Well, you, you,
0: hey, you do all the work, and we'll yeah. come to your town. Yeah, you're, you're welcome <laughs> to take it over anytime you're ready, buddy.
1: <laughs> hey, that that was an amazing, uh, amazing day. I have no complaints. I cut a uh, our usual week-long beach trip two days short to make sure uh, I could be there, and uh, wow. Chris and I had a blast.
0: That's great. I'm glad you guys could make it, and... I'm just glad everybody had fun because that was that was the the main that was the name of the game was just everybody have a good time. Yeah.
1: Well, I tell you, I tell you the best part about it, Chris, is, um, you know, I, I have no connection to the to the music business. I'm a pharmacist. I, I sell, I'm a legal drug dealer. Mm-hmm. I have no connection to the music business, and uh, went to that just basically wanting to get tips from people, and uh, you know, and, and meet a lot, meet you guys and meet people that I listen to, and I did not encounter one person. That was not just as nice as could be. I, I probably talked to 10 different podcasts and even the people that you had there to sign could not have been friendlier. There was no negative experience that I, that, that I had there. I have nothing but great things to say about it. And everybody was so helpful right on experience.
2: yeah that was it was a blast you know and it, it what you say is true because you know you got the these rock stars and famous producers and all these guys over here doing their thing and every time I walk through they're they're so personable and they were so friendly and took the time with each and every person and it was just a symbiotic thing going on in there you got the fans in there that want to buy music and meet their their heroes you know and you got the heroes there and they're they're appreciative of the fans that are still coming out to see them and, and show appreciation it was just a huge love fest in there. It really was, you know, and one of the most amazing things I know I personally have ever been a part of.
1: It was just great. And like you said, everybody was so personable and I actually walked in with Michael Wagner. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we were, just, we're just in the parking lot and I, and I look at my buddy Christmas I and mean, that's Michael Wagner. And uh, I got to uh, sit and talk with him for about 10 minutes and uh, just super nice guy. Yeah, yeah. Very, very cool. Very unique event
2: yeah I know I had a moment at the Rock and Pot Expo where I was walking back across the parking lot and the sun was shining just right, and it was a beautiful day and I see this truck rolling past me, and I look up and it's Michael Wagner and he smiles and he waves and I smile <laughs> and I wave back and I think, What a life I live! This is just amazing
1: <laughs> I know I tell you it was it was very interesting when he walked in um to see some of the guys that were signing uh when he walked in they they recognized who he was and mm-hmm. you know you realize they're fans just like the rest of us yeah yeah
0: and michael's you uh, won't find a, a sweeter person in this business than michael wagner he just you know and he, and he's just a regular guy like right. we, the, he, we see him at shows around town all the time he's a true music fan he just about any rock show um even if he doesn't have a connection to the artist he'll be there and right he, and, yeah. he, and he hangs out and yeah he's just he's a super nice guy i can't say enough good things about him
1: the band uh, Denman that played the night before, I saw where I bought their CD, and I saw where he uh, played a role with that. So he oh, yeah, still—it oh, yeah. sounds like he's still really active.
0: Oh yeah, he's never short on work, and yeah, hes hes produced a lot. Of, he produced the new Great White album that just came out. But yeah, he—I'm yeah, glad you bought that Denman CD. They—they they definitely went over really well with the people at the pre-party. Yeah,
1: very good, very very high energy.
0: Yeah cool man all right so you wanted to do a radio sucks episode with us and uh why in that why that format in particular
1: well um as my my co-host chris tells me a lot lot of times uh i like a lot of the bands everybody else does but for whatever reason sometimes i like the albums that uh not everyone likes and uh that'll be kind of a um kind of a theme to some of my picks but there are just some bands out there that uh that have some albums that uh aren't necessarily the hit albums that I think are really good. That's pretty much uh, what most of my picks are. Just albums that people need to go back and listen to. For instance, three of them are, are ones that you guys have done albums unleashed on. So I know that uh, there's at least three picks in there that you guys are going to uh, greatly agree with. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Just just good music that uh, sometimes people may overlook because of the album that it's on.
0: Right on. Well, you, my friend, are on the right show today.
1: <laughs> good.
0: So let's go ahead and start it off What's your first pick for the day?
1: My first one is from uh, the 94 self-titled Motley Crue album But it's actually a, a bonus track that was released on the remaster And that is called Living in the Know huge karate fan, and uh, truth be known, I'm not the biggest Motley Crue fan, and I know this may upset some people out there, but Vince Neil's voice just uh, drives me crazy at times. <laughs> and uh, I, I started listening to the—I really got into them when uh, Dr. Feelgood came out, and I, I liked that album. I thought it was very well produced. Obviously, it's very polished, but mm-hmm. there's not a bad song on there. And I uh, real, was really liking them a lot at the time, uh, especially because of that album. And then the Decade of Decadence album came out, and the new songs on there were killer. Uh, right. Pr- Primal Scream may be my favorite Motley Crue song.
0: That's a great and,
1: one. And yeah, uh, so when they when they either you know fired Neil or he quit, depending on who you uh, talk to, uh, I followed it very closely. You know, in the magazines like Hit Parader and stuff like that. And uh, actually, had never heard of John Karabi. And uh, boy was were my eyes awakened when uh, when I popped that CD in when I bought it.
2: Yeah, that's a great one for sure but yeah same here that was one where you know we've talked about it a million times you know if it, circumstances were different that should have been a huge album but i'm glad there's people like us that are still around that can look at that for what it is and appreciate it for what it is in which it is a perfect album
1: it's a perfect album and they really got hamstrung so to speak with that interview with mtv where they walked out and then um MTV pulled the misunderstood video, and I think that was somewhat in response to how they had treated them. Uh, you know, they claimed it was because it was pro suicide, you know, and then you just had the grunge movement, but it's a killer album top to bottom. There's not a bad song on it.
0: And I think it gets more props today than it ever did when it was right, new. For I, sure. You know, it was, I remember it even being panned by a lot of longtime Motley Crue fans like, that's not Motley Crue. That's, right. that's Motley Crue trying to be a grunge band, but really in hindsight if you listen to it now that it, it sounds nothing like a grunge album at no. all like it's it's got the melody that Motley is known for is still there it's just edgier and bluesier but it's not grunge not Kiss you could say was trying to be grunge with Carnival of Souls but not with this album right
1: it, yeah it's not grunge at all and it's very a lot of it's very original for instance the song structure in misunderstood mm-hmm. that, that's an epic song nobody else was doing anything like that at the time and Karabi's ability to play the guitar along with his voice, which I think he's a top five voice. Um, yeah, I tell anybody that wants to hear that, I tell them, hey, it's top five. He elevated Tommy Lee's drumming and Mick Mars's guitar playing mm-hmm. to an entire l- another level.
2: Not to mention Nikki Six's songwriting.
1: Yeah, right, right. It was just it was a it was a great album, um, top to bottom. I mean, you can't smoke the sky. I mean that that right there, man, if you have that in your car and you get pulled over and the cops like, why are you speeding? I'm like, man, I listen to smoke the sky. You know?
0: <laughs> You'd
6: be like, I uh, understand. That, be on that's, your that's,
1: way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. officer. Yeah, that, Six. Should be,
1: uh, that should be an excuse to get out of a speeding ticket, but I picked living in the know because, uh, it was not on the official release. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's a song that a lot of people haven't heard. It's a little rawer. Um, it may have, that it may have still technically been in the demo stage. I'm not quite sure, but, uh, I listened to it a lot, along with the whole album. And they had the, uh, was it Quaternary? Was the four song EP that came out with it?
5: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: That's good. But yeah, I was I was very uh, very sad to see um, John go. I I, I wish he were still in the band. But hey, he went on to put out some great music after uh, he left the crew. Anyway,
0: yeah, he did. Did you happen to? And you're you're in the Atlanta area, right? I actually, I live
1: in uh, Jackson, Mississippi.
0: Oh, okay. I thought you are in Georgia for some dumb reason. I didn't know if you got to see Karabi do the uh, album live this last year.
1: I didn't get to my the, Chris, who co-hosts my podcast with me, saw him do it in Memphis, mm-hmm. and uh, I know he keeps teasing on Twitter and stuff that that's that a live version of that album's coming out. Yeah. So I'm yeah. I'm very excited to see that to hear that.
0: Yeah, I think it's a DVD that's going to come out. It, it was recorded here in well, Nashville, yeah, too, the, right. The Nashville show was. Yeah. First- yeah. Oh, it's funny. I drove all the way to Atlanta to see it, and then he does a show here, right. Which I didn't see. But I saw the well, one in
1: li- Atlanta. Doesn't he live in Nashville now? Oh yeah,
0: yeah, he lives here, and he would have been a part of the expo had he not been on the road with yeah. uh, Dead Daisies,
1: which are another great band. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, yeah they're great.
2: Um, right, I'll well, never, I'll never forget the time we just got to go down and meet him at a bar and hang out in the back room and drink and talk
0: and record it. Oh yeah, that was.
1: Oh, that was that was the podcast that uh, that was the episode that got me hooked on you guys. That's a good one to uh, start with, yeah. with. That one. I was I was like I found people that think the way I do about this album. That's great.
0: <laughs> All right. So what's your next pick?
1: My next pick is going to be "Nobody Rides for Free" by Rat, mm-hmm.
5: oh, and awesome.
1: uh, this was off the uh, Point Break uh, soundtrack. So it was never officially on a uh, a studio album. I think it's it's on a, their Greatest Hits album. But uh, there again, I'm I'm more of a fan of later Rat than I am. Um, the earlier stuff i love uh, reach for the sky and uh, detonator i me love too. those You're both right those on. albums a lot yeah and I, I feel like what makes this song so good is the uh it, it just it has a different feel to me than than a lot of rat songs and I, I love the chorus especially when uh our buddy karabi was uh playing in the band the live versions of that with him singing backup are just uh just amazing but I was recently listening to Eddie Trunk interview uh Piercy, and uh he said this is the song he likes playing the least in their catalog oh wow, hmm. which blows my mind i it's it's a top five rat- rat song for me,
0: well, I think it may maybe have something to do with the fact that it was brought in with you know from other writers, and yeah, they kind of they ratified it, I guess you should say, but the best they could yeah but it's, it's like a, say it, it is, fits in with their catalog in my opinion. Sure, it, but it is a little different than
2: most of the stuff you were used to from Rat at that point, but it wasn't so different that as a Rat fan you couldn't get it right. or thought, "Well, this is too different." You know, it's a it's a different direction for sure, but it still is an amazing song and it's still definitely Rat. There's no doubt about
0: it. Mhm.
1: in the Rat courses, the backing vocals—it just sounds like it's just uh, Piercy's uh, voice being multi-tracked. But this one, I don't know if they have other people singing, you know, backup or what. But I, I just love it. I, I have it on a uh, whenever I go to the gym, it's on my gym uh, playlist, and just doesn't get the uh, respect that I think it deserves. But like I said, I like the later Rat, so uh, it was definitely toward the end of, of their yeah. of their first run. But uh, I love it.
0: Nobody was paying attention to Rat in the 90s, but they were out there, and they were still putting out some damn good music. I remember that, that song, and I forgot that it was only on the Point Break soundtrack, because yeah. it, it got a lot of radio airplay around the time of Detonator, and I think when I was when you sent me your picks for the episode, I remember thinking, Nobody rides for Free, that's on Detonator, right? And then when I looked in the research, I was like, no, it's not. It's actually only on a movie soundtrack, which right. surprises me, because it, it fits in really well on Detonator, which... I think Detonator is one of their best albums, which I'm sure a lot of early Rat fans would crucify me for saying that, but mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a Desmond child fan and he's pretty much the, the leader of that album. Right. That's
1: true. Oh, um, giving yourself away one of the great uh one of the great ballads of that of that time yeah but
0: i will defer yeah. to what our friend alexi lawless said he's like it's a great ballad but he feels it was wasted on rat because <laughs> yeah. steven does not have the right voice to pull that song off <laughs> but it's it's a great song though yeah i like when rat sticks to the sleazy la rock and roll <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but shame, shame, shame's on that album, and that's a badass. Yeah, rock song. that is a badass tune. Yeah, heads
1: I win, tails you lose. Yeah, another yeah. great one.
0: That's awesome too. Good stuff. Love and use a dirty jobs on that. Yeah, album. that's See, there's good great stuff one. on that
1: album. <laughs> All right, well, Point Break. <laughs> yeah. by, the, by the way, if you go on YouTube, there is a video of a. Uh, when Karabi was in Rat, and I guess Piercy for whatever reason, couldn't finish the, the show and it's Karabi singing, love and use a dirty job. And man, oh. let me tell you that is unreal.
0: Oh, I'm going to definitely check yeah, that me out. Me too. That's cool. Okay. So I love your next pick. So go ahead and get into that one.
1: <laughs> I thought you guys would. Okay. So I grew up uh, in the Mississippi Delta about an hour and a half South of uh, Memphis and uh, rock one Oh three was the big rock station out of Memphis when I was growing up. And, uh, like I said, I started listening to music pretty pretty intently at age six or seven. So, 88, 89, I was 12, 13 years old, and uh, a local Memphis band by the name of Tora Tora came out with their first album, Surprise Attack. Heck yeah. And it got, it got played constantly on, on Rock 103. You know, they had success with Phantom Rider and Walking Shoes and uh, Riverside Drive. I think those were the three of the singles. But it's their second album, Wild America, that uh, – is is basically a, a desert island uh cd for me yeah
2: that's a perfect one
1: and one of the reasons i think that is it's completely unique compared to the time in which it was recorded uh of course you have the, the straight up rockers like wild america and um amnesia but then you have lay your money down as uh, time goes by dead man's hand faith healer nowhere to go but down are, are all a little bit different uh a little bluesier than uh, the rest of their their material but Lay Your Money Down is the one that I decided to go with because that's my favorite track on the album. We'll be seeing them in two months. They are playing with Every Mother's Nightmare, Roxy Blue, and Brett Michaels at the Rock 103 40th Anniversary Concert. Nice. And uh uh, be honest with you, uh, I'm going to see the three Memphis bands.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah uh, for sure. You don't even need Brett Michaels for that. That's going to be an awesome party the way it is. That's what we were talking about at the Expo. We had the, the Memphis trifecta. You know?
1: <laughs> yeah, and I, I know you guys are, are big fans of the album. Obviously, y'all had Anthony on. And by the way, is, is there a nicer person than Anthony? No, not too many that I've ever met. Maybe, maybe Michael Wagner, but that's yeah, about it. I don't know how. <laughs> well, as they say, uh, they may not be in a class of their own, but it doesn't take long to call roll. For sure. But uh, what what are your guys' thoughts on on the song, since I know y'all are big fans of the album?
2: I love it. I love the whole album. I've said it a million times. It seems like it's a perfect album, not a stinker on the whole thing. You know, you get so many bands. You know, I don't think even Kiss, I could say, ever came out with a perfect album, Mm because there's always something on a Kiss album that is kind of less than everything else on it. But there's other bands that have put out perfect albums. And it's sad because, like in the case with this one, Wild America, most people have never heard it. Unless, it's not even a unless anymore. Unless you were a, a really good rock and roller that knew your stuff back when this came out, or you lived in a, you know, radius around Memphis somewhere, yeah. Tora Toro was off the radar. But this album is perfect. And this is another one. Just like Krabi in ninety four with Motley Crue, it hasn't gotten its due Mm-mm. until all these years later. Now people are going back listening to it going, That was amazing you know that's it was amazing then it's amazing now and it hasn't lost a step all these years why wasn't i listening to this when it was new
0: and it doesn't age it's timeless all the songs sound vital today and i still say that time goes by is the greatest tesla ballad that tesla never wrote yeah i mean it even sounds like tesla and that's a compliment all the way anthony i told anthony that i was kind of nervous i was like is he gonna take this wrong And he's like we love tesla so for you to say that that's a huge compliment but they um no, he he came over here and recorded with us and went in depth on every song and and you know you could tell it meant a lot a lot to him to get that acknowledgement because. Right the the album's not even in print anymore like you can't even find it you have to buy it off ebay or amazon like used it's yeah. not not even freshly off the press
1: i still got it's, the same it's not as, even on spotify no it's no? not wow it, i got
2: the same cd that i bought from yeah. the very first dollar tree i ever saw back in 92 or whenever yeah. i found it you know cut out bin for sure and brought it home and was like god i can't believe i just paid a dollar for this this is amazing yeah. but by
0: that time Tor was pretty well gone already yeah it's yeah, it was one of those things where like, they weren't even around to enjoy it, it right. seemed. And and David, like you said, I think it it might make my top 10 Desert Island disc. It, it It's definitely a contender. It's, oh yeah, for sure. It's one of the best rock albums ever made, in my opinion.
1: Well, the sh- the shame about what happened to them is, I believe of all the bands that came out during that time, if the record company would have stuck with them, I think they could have weathered the storm of yeah. grunge.
0: They were that good, for yeah, sure, and they weren't stuck to a trend or a, or a, right. or a look like they were just a regular rock and roll band. And I always thought they could have ran in the same circles with like the Black Crows, where you could, right. you could weather the trends and still get through it.
1: Yeah, and the, the the album that they did afterwards, Revolution Day, which obviously didn't get released for a long time, it's really good as well.
0: It is. It is. That one's on Spotify. I know, I've heard that one. But why not Wild America? Is because FNA, FNA Records put out the the last one. Okay. But they didn't put it. Wild America still owned by, what was it, Capital they were on? Yeah, I think so. I think, yeah, it's still owned by the record company. And it's wow. It's just, just being shelved. They're evil. They just got this masterpiece and they're holding on to it. We won't. We won't let the world enjoy this. We'll mm-hmm. sit on it for ourselves. But yeah, lay your money down is a good pick from the, from that album. Um, so this this uh, show you're talking
1: about is it in Memphis? It's uh, October the 28th. There's another band called Under the Radar that's going to be the the first band that's opening. And Todd Poole, I think is either producing them yeah, or managing them. I'm amazing. I'm not. But they're high school kids. But then the rest is the uh, the big three from Memphis, and then um, Brett Michaels. It's going to be uh, in South Haven, Mississippi, which is just on the. A mile or two outside of the memphis city limits at uh snowden grove amphitheater and uh wow. we're really looking forward to that
0: well, shall we do a uh, i'm intrigued decibel geek road trip to memphis oh, man, that'd be great <laughs> well, hey come we on could, we can even get the waves to go because brett's gonna be there right <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's tempting my uncle lives in south haven i even have a place for us to stay we're right on yeah.
1: uh, well come on uh we will uh Chris and I'll buy you guys some beer and uh, and pizza. Well, sounds, like, sounds
0: great. Sounds like we got a road trip planned. <laughs> All right. So what what's your next pick after Towards Hora?
1: Well the one of the other big Memphis bands was Roxy Blue. Heck and yeah. they released an album called Once Um. And uh this is one of my favorite albums as well. Um it came out I think it may have come out actually about the time of Wild America or maybe a little bit uh or maybe about the same time. But uh, Todd Poole was the lead singer of the band, and this is just a fun album to listen to. Sid, I think his name's Sid Fletcher, the guitar player, is, is a fabulous guitar player, but I think he's a dentist now wow. uh, in Atlanta. But um, this is one of, those, one of those albums I put on, I listened to it uh, from beginning to end, and I just have very, uh, very good memories of being in high school when this album came out. had one of the great ballads of that time, uh, Times Are Changing uh which was a, a great song. But I chose the song Love on Me. It's kind of a I guess a mid tempo song. Starts off uh acoustically. One of my favorite songs that they play. It's just a fun one whenever you know, it just put me in a good mood. We actually we talked to Todd for a long time at the podcast expo and knock on wood it, it looks like uh we're doing something with him in two weeks. So nice. uh hopefully uh hopefully that pans out.
2: Cool. I'll That's be looking great. forward to hearing that. I loved Roxy Blue when they first mm-hmm. came out. I remember the video for Rob the Cradle, and I was like, man, this is like the Van Halen that I've just discovered. You know, because mm-hmm. it was about that same time when I was discovering older stuff that I liked besides Kiss and getting turned on to new stuff coming out. And I definitely remember seeing that video and the and the hot chick in it and the the awesome album cover with the Uncle Sam and the hot chick mm-hmm. artwork on the cover. And man, I was sold on that Roxy Blue. I got that pretty quick. I think that was one of the first CDs I bought, too, because yeah. it was in that transition time. Talk about the time, you know, times are changing. Boy, were they ever for Roxy Blue because they came out right at that time, too. You know, yeah. they were one of the last lemmings over the cliff when it came to the the change to grunge. You know, and yeah. they, they got swept under just as hard as
1: anybody. Right. And, and what most people may not know is that album was produced by Mike Klink. Yeah, and and they had um, I forget the guy's name. I think it was the same agent that Guns N' Roses had. Alan uh, Tom. Oh no! Um, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Tom Zutaut. The last name starts with a Z. I think. Yeah, Tom Zutaut. Zutaut. Yeah, and uh, you know this album, unfortunately, just uh, you know it, it it didn't pan out like like it should have because of the time, and it's a it's a good one top to bottom. But Love on Me is uh, one of my favorites. Uh, Sister, sister, another good one, but yeah. there's there's really not anything bad on it.
0: Did you now? You you grew up in that Mississippi area. Did you get to watch Tor Tori and Roxy Blue play play back in the day?
1: I didn't because I, I would have. I graduated high school in '94, mm-hmm. so that would I would have been, you know, fourteen or fifteen. Yeah. Um, so I've actually never seen them play before. So it's going to be my first time seeing oh. them. I'm really excited about it.
2: It should be a great show. I mean, I tell you, yeah. you know, we've seen Tora Tora a few times now since, yeah, since we've amazing. had him on the show. They still got it, and then some. Mm. Anthony doesn't sound any different, if not better, yeah. than he ever has. I mean, he it's an amazing thing to see. That time at the Farm Rock was the first time I ever got to see him mm-hmm. live, and I was so excited, and my expectations were so high, but I was like, well, don't put your expectations too high because it's been a long time since this band's been around. Blew my expectations right out of the water. Tora Tora kills it just as much today as they ever did.
1: hmm I bought the uh concert Blu-ray that they had there from the uh Benefit concert in Memphis with uh Patrick and yeah. man Todd Poole's on there with um I think uh one of the guitar players maybe from Salava. And uh, you know, he has Roxy Blue uh on that Blu ray and then Tora Tora and, and Every Mother's Nightmare is on there as well. But
0: just yeah those guys haven't lost anything that's cool i know that was a good highlight of the of the expo was seeing those guys from those memphis bands just having a great time hanging out together so that was and that was a weird thing like you know something i helped organize was i've got these bands that i listened to in high school hanging out at this thing that i organized just bizarre um in a great way in a great way but gratifying but just like i think a number of moments throughout that day i was like is this really happening right you know, it's oh, so weird i'm telling you
1: <laughs> well and and how nice are all those guys i mean they're all great as nice and accommodating as it could be yeah
0: you know? yeah they were all super great todd pool like the minute uh, i think with april introduced me to him she's like here's chris the guy or he like gives me this giant bear hug and yeah. he's like thanks for having me i'm like come on dude i grew up listening to you thanks for coming
1: right <laughs> All right, so. I know. I even saw some people had uh, some original uh, Roxy Blue vinyl there for him to sign. Oh, that's I nice. was pretty cool.
2: That's what it was all about. That's cool. Come on. before we get back into the radio sucks radio show right here on the decibel geek podcast with our good friend mr david hudson we got to take care of some business before we do that and one thing we always want to encourage you guys people come to us and they say man we really love the decibel geek podcast what can we do to help ensure that the decibel geek podcast never dies sexual favors sexual favors that's what it's all about I had to but, throw it out there. But, you know, not everybody's here in Nashville. That's not true. everybody drives all the way up from Atlanta I to phone. hang out with us. <laughs> but uh, what we really, really like, besides sexual favors, is when you go to decibelgeek.com You peruse the website, you check out all the awesome articles being written by all the amazing journalists, the rock and roll journalists from all over the freaking planet that are bringing you back the rock and roll news, whether that be concert reviews, album reviews, albums that you haven't even heard yet because they're not even released. These guys got them and they're giving you the reviews before the album even comes out. You get a review, you say, oh man. I'm looking forward to this, and now I've read the article, and now I know I really, really want it. it. It gives you that anticipation like you used to have when you were a kid.
0: And also, you could read one and you go, well, I'm glad I'm not wasting my money right, on that yeah, one.
2: totally, because it goes both ways. It does. So check out decibelgeek.com. You want to help us out here at the podcast? Buy a T-shirt. You want to help yourself get some sexual favors? Wear that T-shirt. Guaranteed to get you laid. Always. We've always said that. It's awesome. Another way you can do it is by doing your Amazon shopping through the Decibel Geek link. It's a cool thing. It really is because you're going to do Amazon shopping every anyway. I do it. You do it. Everybody does it. I just bought a CD a week ago. You know, I go to decibelgeek.com. I click on that Amazon banner. It takes me to Amazon. Guess what? It looks exactly like if I'd have just went to Amazon anyway, because it's exactly the same. The only difference is when you're done with the process, you don't pay not a single penny more. What you get is the satisfaction of knowing that once you pay your agreed-upon price that Amazon is going to take a cut of their action. They're going to kick it on over to your boys right here at the Decibel Geek Podcast. You get the supreme satisfaction of knowing you helped us out. And then, whatever you bought, we're going to tell everybody about it. We don't know who bought what, but we do get the list.
0: Yeah, we got a list of everything you buy every week, and... uh a little light this week. Um, you guys need to step up your Amazon game. What's going on here? We I'm need scrolling the help. down and I'm scrolling down, but that's that's it. Yeah,
2: that's it. Wow. Not a whole lot. this Every week. everybody spent all their money on albums at the Rock and Pod Expo. That, <laughs>
0: may, that may be part of the issue. But if you uh, if you didn't, please uh, help us out with the Amazon, like yes, it does. Please. Uh, so just a few things this week that were purchased: uh, Inesco Disney Showcase Maleficent Couture De Force Princess Stone Resin Figurine. That sounds awesome. Whatever. And not awesome at the same time. Uh, Jim Shore for Inesco Peanut Snoopy with Heart Balloon figurine. That sounds pretty cool, I guess.
4: And it looks good here in the Decibel Geek Studio. Good job.
0: <laughs> it, it, does it, Shut up, man. Shut up. Does it look rock and roll enough, though? Oh. Right. oh. Listen to the oh. VIP. All right. Teaser. Also, uh, Batman, the complete series on I DVD. Love me some Batman. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 on Blu ray was purchased. That was a great movie. Uh, Wonder Woman on Blu ray was purchased. I haven't seen that one yet. It's good. Yeah. Cool. Uh, give me Linda Carter any day. I don't oh, care yeah. about the moment. Black Country Communion BCC4 was purchased. Is that a pre-order? Is that, or is that oh no. I don't know. I'm That's just the reading the God.
2: <laughs> Hurry it up. I gotta go find out if that album's ok,
4: if it is, I want it
0: now. And then somebody bought a double pack of Joe Bonamassa Live at Carnegie,
4: Carnegie Hall, an Acoustic Evening Blu-ray and two CD package. I bet the same person that bought the Black Country Communion Maybe Joe bought
0: Bonamassa NASA bought his own product through our link. I don't know. Maybe.
2: Just to show people it's available when you go to Amazon through the Decibel Geek link. You need some Black Country Community, you need some Joe Bonamassa, it's all there. You need uh, Disney, Showcase, Maleficent, Couture, Divorce, Princess, Stone, Resin,
0: Figurine. Yeah. I got one. You could have one too. <laughs> Weird piece of trivia: one of my um, previous bosses actually went to middle school with Joe Bonamassa. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. And Anton Figg currently plays with Joe Bonamassa. So oh, nice. There's your kiss connection. So if a,
2: the trivia question ever comes up, name somebody who went to school with Joe Bonamassa. My old boss, like the guy that Chris Sinzak knows. There you go. And I can prove it in a phone call.
0: This is valuable information you going to get on this show every week. Valuable truth. You're not getting that on Growing Up
4: Rock.
5: <laughs>
4: <laughs> no, and if you do, it's probably wrong.
2: <laughs> uh, you know, we here at Decimal Geek, we love hanging out with our friends, man. Thanks for coming on with us today and hanging out with Steven. Oh, it's been a blast. You know, everybody check out the Growing Up Rock podcast, it's very cool. And we've got another friend we're going to get right back into the conversation. Yeah. We're talking about Radio Sucks with Digital Killed the Video
0: Star. Radio Star.
2: Damn it, I never get it right. Son of a bitch. You know the name. Go look it up. Subscribe to that. Subscribe to Growing Up Rock. Subscribe to Decibel Geek Podcast. Enjoy the rest of the Radio Sucks radio show.
0: So, uh, what's your next pick
1: my next one is going to be all my bridges are burning from warrants dog eat dog album another uh member of the album unleashed club hell yeah um just uh again it's a borderline desert uh desert island cd for me uh when this album came out i fell in love with it instantly because i i you know i was getting a little bit older my tastes were starting to change a little bit and uh this wasn't uh you know, this wasn't the first album, or this wasn't Cherry Pie. The, the lyrics were much uh, much deeper. The playing was, uh, in my opinion, much better, and uh, it's my favorite uh, Warren album. And this song, unfortunately, uh, when you think about what, how Jenny Lane's life played out, this song is even sadder. Uh, you know, obviously dealing with drug addiction and, and things of that nature, but one of the standout tracks on an album that has a lot of standout tracks on it. Oh.
2: we could just juggle and decide if we're going to call this radio sucks or we present perfect albums because yeah. so far we're nailing it.
1: Yeah. And I, I talked to, uh, Michael Wagner, actually, the, when I was t- the few minutes I had with him, uh, dog eat dog was, you know, what I chose to talk to him about. And I was trying to get him, cause I, I know he talked about it on your podcast, but I would forgotten. And I think he'd forgotten Uh, exactly what they were saying in that German breakdown on uh, the bitter pill
0: yeah Um, I can't remember it was something goofy though I can't remember exactly what it was
1: yeah I think it had beer Uh, beer was mentioned somewhere in it I think he said but uh, I mean talking about an original song the bitter pill I mean there was nothing uh, that was that was almost like a queen song at
2: the time yeah right Very much. Yeah, Yeah, that album totally pulled me back into Warrant and really made me a Warrant fan because up to that point, they were just, Warrant was just kind of another one of those bands, you know, and I I missed the first album. I wasn't really into that. Cherry Pie came out. I didn't really like Cherry Pie. You know, the video was cool because they had the chicken and everything. And I was, you know, I graduated in 94, too, so you and I are about the same age. But when Dog Eat Dog came out, I had a buddy that was into like, ministry and pantera and you know the megadeth that was out at the time and stuff like that and you know would consider normally consider a band like warrant oh that's pussy shit you know Mm. that's no good but he was really into dog eat dog and i was like you're listening to warrant and he was like yeah but this album is something else you gotta check it out and then so i borrowed the cassette from him took it home and listened to it and was just blown away and i was like I'm a huge Warrant fan. It made me go back to the other stuff that wasn't as deep and wasn't as strong as what was on that album and made me give that a different listen with a different in a different headspace. Mm-hmm. But then other than that, it hooked me in to buy all the albums that came out after that that nobody else was buying. Belly to Belly and, and ultra phobic, yeah. which is, they've both
0: got killer songs on them. Yeah, they do.
1: Well, it's interesting you say that because I was – I almost went with undertow off Ultraphobic. i uh, good. love that song uh, we've
0: played that yeah. which is
1: such such a good song but uh I, I just dog eat dog the album i i just feel like it needs to get as much attention uh as it can and you know a gone were uh, for about for the most part gone were the party songs like cherry pie i mean machine gun yeah. uh you know may fall in that category hole in the hole in my wall may fall in that category but April 2031, you know, Sad Teresa, All Our Bridges Are Burning. Uh, yeah. It's just so like good, sand. and uh, I, I would have loved to have been, you know, a fly on the wall in the studio when they were putting that together.
2: Yeah. Right. I always got the impression, like, this was Warrant's album to do what they felt Warrant was. And the first one, you know, is what they, the, the albums they came, songs they came up with to make it on the strip. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, it had to be like that. Right. It had to be strip music and then or stripper music as the next album would come out. And you know, <laughs> so you it was there. it was kinda superficial almost. But I always got the impression like when Dog Eat Dog came out, it's like, okay, well this is clearly Warrant, but I mean this is not the warrant that I've I'm familiar with up to this point. This is something completely different. And like I said, it, it blew me away and made Warrant one of my all time favorite <sighs> bands. And it pisses me off when people go, ah, oh, Warrant, pff, cherry pie, man, that's lame, you know, and you say, yeah, maybe, you know, a little bit. It is kind of cheesy, and it is definitely of the time, but listen to this album. And like I said about uh, Wild America, that album's just as good today as it ever was, and, you know, every time I listen to it, I think it's better than the time I heard it the time before. So, like you say about the other ones, it's timeless. It's another perfect album. I I can't, yeah, if I was on a desert island, I would want Dog Eat Dog with me, for sure.
1: It's a shame that... Jenny lane is kind of remembered you know as the guy that wrote cherry pie the guy may have been you know one of the most talented writers of the time i know on uh, the, the next album Ultraphobic, the closing track stronger now yeah. i mean it's you know it's a very soft acoustic number but that is a such a well-written song and i'm, I'm amazed that somebody from country music hasn't uh, picked that song up and put it out because uh, it would be a huge hit
0: yeah it's a it's got a pop pop hit written all over it and right. it could be done in multiple genres and like say it's a lighter song but man is it a
1: powerful song yeah and um going back to all my bridges are burning <laughs> it's, it's it's a song you know with uh, obviously with a deeper meaning to it but a uh, great course great hooks great playing and it's really nothing to complain about
5: Mm-mm, no
0: way great production all right so what's your next pick
1: my next pick is going to be one kind of out in left field uh maybe uh alien nation by the scorpions. Now I'm going to admit, I'm not a huge scorpions fan. I mean, I know all the hits and and like those, but I'm not going to pretend that I have their entire discography, but uh, this was on the uh, face, the heat album, which came out after uh, the crazy world album, which was so big, you know, with winds of change on it. And, um, the song is actually about the reunification of Germany, which, you know, if you're around our age, the Berlin Wall fell and
5: sure. you had
1: these two countries coming back together. So the, it has some political overtones to it. But uh, what gets me is not only the lyrics, but the playing on it, mm-hmm. uh, that opening riff, man, it just uh, that gets you going. And uh, the bass line on it, um, just a re- it's a really good song that I ha- have on my gym uh, playlist as well uh, that pops up all the time.
0: was a single, wasn't it? It was.
1: It yeah, was. I, remember I think when, it was the lead single.
0: Yeah, I remember when it came out and I remember dig, say, digging 90, it at the time. 93, 94 probably wasn't getting a lot of a lot of love out there I wouldn't think. It got it definitely got played in Nashville. Yeah. I remember it being on the radio. It was not a hit by any means, no. but uh I no. do remember digging the song.
2: So is this the Scorpions <laughs> grunge album? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think you know. I think after this album, I think they did get pretty uh, experimental for about ten years.
2: Yeah, because even if you remember back, the video to this song mm-hmm. almost looks like yeah, a Soundgarden video or something. But you'd pull the band out and put Scorpions in there instead. It's got. I'm sure they spent a ton of money on it at the time, but yeah. I mean they just come off of making "Wins of Change" money, so they had they you know had the money. extra cash to do it. But it's a big production with you know it's it's artistic and it's dark and mm-hmm. you know there's there's they hired actors and everything for this video, you know, so they put a lot behind it. But in the end, it's dark and it always came off to me like a Soundgarden video or something. Mm-hmm. But it's the Scorpions, most definitely.
1: I'm sure it sold well uh, around the world. You know, I think we here in america don't realize how big of an international band they are oh yeah Mm -hmm. totally
0: have you seen the documentary that came out last year for them
1: i have not i'm actually not not even aware of it
0: it's called forever in a day and it came i I think it was kind of tied into the last album but you know they were supposed to be doing a retirement tour right. and everything, and, and it, their scorpions are so awesome. The fans refuse to allow it. Well, that's kind of <laughs> the theme through the tour is like you know they're selling all these places out, and then by the end they're like, why are we retiring? You know, let's yeah. just keep going. But it, it's a subtitled documentary. It's in German, but I've watched it twice. It's really entertaining, and that's it's cool. a lot of good behind the scenes footage of them. Yeah, well,
1: those guys, those guys have been around a long time. I think they're yeah. they're pushing seventy. Yeah. Have
0: you seen them live?
1: I have not. Oh, have dude. not. I, I've <laughs> looked at some of the tour dates with Megadeth. Mm. Um, the, you know that they're the tour they're on now, but it just uh, wasn't anywhere that I that I could make it happen. But I, I would love to see them.
0: They're one of the best live bands I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Scorpions is another got- one of them bands too that, because of doing this show, has opened my mind to more Scorpions because I never liked the Scorpions because well, just radio with, hits. a yeah. change, you yeah. know. I heard that song a million times, hated it. You know, probably because I'd heard it a million times. I'm okay with it now, you know, <laughs> in, if I hear it maybe once a year. But at that time, I just said, oh, God, the Scorpions, you know, they, yeah, that Rocky Like a Hurricane song's okay, but, man, I've heard that 10 times
0: today, too. You I know? think even and the it, Scorpions are tired of that song.
2: Right, you know, so I hated the Scorpions for a long-ass time and, and wouldn't give them the time of day, wouldn't go see them live, wouldn't buy their albums. And then from doing this show, then it's like, okay, you know, I heard this old Scorpion song doing research for whatever, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's fucking awesome, you know? So I got to go check out a little more. Next thing I know, I'm buying Animal Magnetism, and I'm buying Blackout, oh, and those all great those albums. great classic albums. And even the last one they came out with, I thought was pretty damn killer. Yeah. I know you didn't think it was all that, I, but I thought it was a it was, letdown
0: for me. It had
2: some songs on there
0: that were pretty stellar. Yeah, I mean, they're still good.
1: Well, they they for sure have some of the best album covers of all time. That's for sure. <laughs>
0: Okay, so your next pick is I don't think we've ever played this uh, other than a cover song. I don't think we've ever played I was anything like Scorpion's from this band. Al- album covers except for the ones that'll get you arrested, I guess.
1: All right. <laughs> 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 That's They're right. All awesome. Well, then my, then wait a uh,
2: minute. There's that one.
1: <laughs> my next song is going to be a song called The Looking Glass by Dream Theater off of their uh, self titled album from um, three or four years ago. And uh, the reason I picked this is the the song is a wink and a nod both lyrically and musically to "Limelight" by Rush, mm-hmm. and obviously they're a huge Rush fans. So uh, when you listen to the song, um, if if you know that, you're you're definitely going to put two and two together. Uh, it's a fun song. I love listening to it. Uh, I'm not a huge Dream Theater fan. They, in my opinion, they have too many keyboards and uh, <laughs> some of the you know some of the songs are you know 20 minutes long, but. Uh, the the songs that they that that are shorter that are a little more metal uh, I, I greatly enjoy but this was actually a, a really good album that they put out but this song uh, in my opinion is the best song on the album. <laughs>
2: That's another one, too. Dream Theater was something I could never really get into because it's just too much over my head a lot of times. But every so often, just like in the case here today, I hear something and go you know, maybe I could get into some dream theater. Maybe it's not is all what I think it is. And as a matter of fact, I just traded Billy Hardaway a bunch of cassette tapes that I had found up in the attic for a bunch of CDs. And in those CDs is a whole bunch of dream theater. So now I've got no excuse but to dig into it and see if there really is some dream theater in there that I can wrap my little mind around.
1: Especially if you're a Rush fan. Mm -hmm. You'll really like it, but the their more concise songs um, are, are, are really good. Some of the stuff that get too proggy, I understand why people uh, why people don't listen to that, but uh, uh, they have some pretty heavy songs. Um, Pull Me Under, of course, you know, was the, the one that they're known for, and uh, that's a great song. They actually remixed it on uh, their Greatest Hits album, and the, the remixed version uh, has a little more punch to it than yeah. the original one. But uh, yeah, yeah, The Looking Glass, great song to listen to, uh, very high energy.
0: I like it. Yeah, and you can hear the Rush influence on that for sure. Oh, totally. And speaking of bands that sound like Rush, your next pick falls right in line with that.
1: (laughs) Uh All right. (laughs) So I'm going to go with uh, Life Loves a Tragedy by Poison off the Flesh and Blood album. Love it. Which uh, I think is, is probably their. of the first three albums it's definitely uh in my opinion the best album of the first three i'm a big fan of native tongue but i'm not going to bring that one up i know uh that's kind of a divisive album for some people but uh, i love native tongue a lot but flesh and blood man there's not many stinkers on there and this is my probably my favorite song on the album A little bit of a soapbox issue when it comes to poison. They, they were, you know, pretty much the first hard rock band that I got into, so I feel like I feel like I'm okay in saying this. They've played the same concert now for 25 years, <laughs> and yeah. uh, I recently saw them with Def Leppard and Tesla uh, in Tuscaloosa a couple of months ago, and it, it, it's. You know, I guess their argument would be, "Hey, we're selling everything out. Why should we change anything?" I I I know that, but songs like "Life Loves Tragedy," "Don't Give Up an Inch," "Girl," uh, you know, "Ball and Chain," uh, "Valley of Lost Souls," Mm -hmm. uh, "Back to the Rocking Horse," "Tearing Down the Walls." I mean, is it going to hurt you guys maybe throw one or two of these in? You know, a night, some love on the Um, rocks,
2: something like that. Yeah. See, that's the same problem like Kiss fans have as Poison fans is something they can relate to, where. Kiss fans get that same bitch. God, you got to play rock and roll all night again? Well, yeah, we kind of have to. You know, same thing with Poison. Oh, man, are you really going to break it down and, and bust down the, the ballads? I'll tell you one time back in the 90s, I seen Poison, and it was the coolest thing ever because they played some songs that were outside the box for them, and they were in a hard rocking mood that day. So when it came time for the obligatory Every Rose Has Its Thorn, Brett sat down with a guitar. He busted out a medley of their ballads and it was over in like 3 minutes he just ripped through like their their top ballad songs that everybody expected them to have to play All right and then when it was over He was done, and they came back out and jumped into some rockin' ass songs. And by the time it was over, I was like, that was amazing. That's the Poison concert I always want to remember, because they just took the songs that they didn't like, condensed (laughs) it down into a couple of minutes, and got right back to kicking ass.
0: See, I would have been bummed, because I love the ballads. Yeah, see, and that's there's the (laughs) argument right there,
2: you know, the people that would go there and say... I can't believe he didn't play, you know, something to believe in. Yeah. You know, would be appalled by that, that they wouldn't bust that out or Every Rose Has Its Thorn or, you know, the other ballads. But they do have so many great backtrack songs oh, that yeah. could be played, you know, even I, off that first album. Oh, yeah, you we know, talked to about Take Me about to the that. Show. You yeah. know, that'd be amazing to hear them bust that out live. Mm-hmm. Number one bad boy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess we got to wait for the Poison Cruise for any of that. <laughs> You know what's
0: coming.
1: Well, there's there's so many good songs, uh, like you said, that, that would be great if they played. Back to the Rocking Horse. I heard Ricky Rocket recently say he would love to play that song.
0: Yeah, a lot of good cowbell in that song. Shoot, yeah. <laughs> that's
1: good stuff, <laughs> But man. anyway, but you know, I I, com- I complain about that. But when you go see them in concert, you forget about all that because you're just having a great time.
2: Right. That's true. And they're back playing together. It's not just the Brett Michaels
0: band right now that's out there playing. So that's always a good thing, too. Yeah, I'm happy that they... They got it back together, at least for a tour. I'm hoping an album will come eventually. Yeah. I'd like to see them do like some of those live shows where you play an album from front to back. That would be cool. I think, and I think they would do well doing that. And you can always do a little mini set of your hits at the end of the show. Sure but, is the encore. But play all. of Look what the cat dragged in, and then do a, a, an encore with some songs from Open Up and the other albums. You know, right?
1: Here's the thing: those albums sold so well, so if a person knows every rose has its thorn, there's a good chance they know tearing down the walls because they had the album.
0: Right. right, For sure. Yeah. I, I can imagine. So
2: poison cruise 2019 sign me up. I'll go. Especially if they
0: bust out some of those deeper cuts. Yeah. And, uh, you've got a really cool deep cut for your next pick.
1: Yeah. I'm going to go with my enemy from uh, skid rose, uh, subhuman race. Their uh, third album it's the, it's the first song on the album i don't think the album gets the uh the love that it should i think it was kind of a natural progression from uh slow to the grind but it's the opening song and uh man i love that opening riff and uh you know sebastian's vocals never disappoint
2: underrated album i almost kind of you know and i do i look back on it now and i say man i wish michael wagner would have produced this one too maybe the results would have been different maybe he could have got in there with this band you know in the studio with all of them together plus michael and helped them through whatever issues they were having to create something great which the songs are there Mm -hmm. you know people you know they just it's because it's tough because there's people that, you know, you talk about Skid Row, they either love the first album or they love Slave to the Grind. And then there's that very small percentage that mm-hmm. loves Subhuman Race. But at the time, man, that was another album for me. I'm waiting at the gate at the Camelot Music on record release day and the gates open. I run straight to the S's you get to the SK, to the SKID, to the Row. And there it is for me, the brand new Skid Row album. And man, I was blown away by it from the very first listen. And I thought it was amazing. And it still, it sucks that they couldn't have kept going after that, because I think, again, that was another band that was big enough, good enough, and powerful enough at the time that they could have survived the whole grunge thing and came out on the other side still making music. But they just, you know, imploded from within. They didn't, they weren't able to be swept under by grunge because they swept themselves away.
0: Yeah, they kind of did. Well, and then when you look at the progression from first album to second to that one, I mean, Three very different sounding right, albums. Like yeah. it sounds like almost like a different band on each one of them. Um, I didn't get the album right off. I mean, I was I didn't like it when it first came out. Honestly, it was hard. It was kind of a tough pill for me to swallow at the time. I was just like, "This is what not." It wasn't what I was expecting. I was expecting more of the slave to the grind sound. Right. This was just a little bit darker than slave to the grind. Way darker and murkier, like production wise. Yeah. And it was when Bob Rock. It was about. Well, he did the album, right, Bob Rock? Yeah, and uh, but it was even different production for him. Like it's, it wasn't even your right. standard Bob Rock production. Yeah, because it definitely wasn't. It's not big and punchy like most of yeah, his. Yeah, it's was. not Doctor Feelgood style for sure. Or even Motley 94. Like right. it's, it's darker and murkier than Motley 94 was. Yeah,
2: I guess if it was a close comparison, 94 and Subhuman Race are kind of similar as far as yeah. Bob Rock, you know, production style. But man.
0: The songs are I so good and,
2: yeah, and, I like and
0: it heavy. Now, you know the it, heaviness of the Skid Row. It took me a few years to fully get on board with it, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It, it has has a lot of good songs. Uh, Breaking Breaking Down is a great ballad. Yeah, uh, that's on there. But uh, yeah, it definitely was uh, different than Slave to the Grind. But I, I find myself going back and listening to this album quite often. Eileen, another great song off that album.
2: Yeah, that's a really great song. I love that right off the bat too. Remains to be seen. I love that song. Yeah, it's highly underrated yeah, so hopefully, for sure. Hopefully,
1: hopefully people will go, uh, go give it a re-listen and listen to it with uh, without prejudging it.
2: Yeah, I get you. It's an album that you may find that after all these years you've matured and grown in different ways and you might it might hit you differently nowadays
0: than it did when it first came out. So yeah, right. I think everybody should go back and give that one a second chance for sure. Absolutely. So you've got one more pick, and bef- but before we roll into that one, of course that'll be the playout song for the day. Well, let's plug your show. Like, get the info out. What, where can people find your show, and and how do they how do they get to it?
1: Yeah, we're on Twitter at Digital Killed, and we have a Facebook page Digital Killed: The Radio Star Podcast. And uh, they can subscribe via uh, Apple podcast, iTunes, or uh Soundcloud
0: and I got into your show on the glam rock episode. I thought that one was great,
1: yeah, that was three hours, yep. and uh it, literally we could have done six um, <laughs> we had probably two hundred albums between the three of us uh to go over, and obviously we couldn't go over that many but uh yeah, we really enjoyed it. That's kind of our, uh, as we say, you know, the, the glam rock was our gateway drug to music. And so it's always mm. going to have a special place in our heart. Absolutely.
0: Yeah,
2: you guys are almost in that respect kind of mirrors of what we got going on here because I see a lot of what you're talking about and a lot of what you love is just exactly what we love here on Decibel Geek. So clearly, if you're listening to Decibel Geek and you like us, you definitely got to give
0: these guys a chance and check it out for yourselves. I'm, I'm sure you'll dig it. Absolutely. And I, I hope this was I hope this was fun for you, even though I'm in half voice than normal. But I, I hope you've enjoyed talking to us today.
1: Oh, I, I can't enjoy talking music with people. It's, it's so much fun.
0: Oh, absolutely. Cool. Well let's get into your last pick. This is an interesting song we're gonna play out with, right?
1: This is, this is. So uh a text my buddy Chris that does the podcast with me and I said, uh Let's come up with something out of left field for them. So like I said, our podcast covers very, very young genres of music. And the Gaslight Anthem is a band that I recently started listening to about six months ago. And of course, you know, they're, I guess you technically call them punk. They're from the Jersey Shore, a really good band that that I found myself going. And I own everything that they have now, plus Brian Fallon's solo, solo albums. But this was the song that I first listened to that hooked me. It's called Stay Vicious. It's off their last album. Get hurt, and the the verses are very heavy. Distorted guitars, distorted vocals doesn't sound like anything you would hear from a punk band. Uh, Until you get to the chorus, it very much sounds like a hard rock song. And uh, unfortunately, you know, I don't think they blew up like they probably should have. My my co-host Chris has this theory that you know people get big based on you know how much money they can pay the radio stations or whatever to play their music, and you know Nickelback. He says it's a great example of that. (laughs) But uh, unfortunately, you know these guys didn't achieve the uh, superstardom that uh, that I think they're worthy of. But it's it's a heavier song, and it's one I think if uh, you like hard rock and metal, you may not like all of their stuff. But this is definitely a song that uh, that I think you can get behind
2: all right well oh, right on awesome man you've done great today every song you've picked all day long have been all amazing songs yeah. that we all love so man thanks for coming on and doing this with us thanks for you know being a vip and supporting us and helping us with the rock and pod expo and getting to come hang out with us man it was great to actually get to meet you
1: yes i enjoyed it very much and uh i'm very much hoping there's a, a second podcast expo
0: oh there will be so uh Thanks for listening, guys, playing us out. Thanks to David Hudson for coming on the show. This is Gaslight Anthem with Stay Vicious, and we'll see you next week.